Hey, everyone. Noah here. There's some crazy stuff happening in the world right now. And obviously, a podcast, this podcast, is not of anybody's highest priority. But I figured with the platform that I do have, as small as it may be, that uh, I wanted to highlight some ways that we can be involved right now in what's going on. If you go to www.communityjusticeexchange.org, it will show you different bail funds that you can donate by state to not only protest funds, but pretrial funds and immigration bail funds where those are available. If you are unable to donate, there are other ways to be involved right now. Uh, you can go to blacklivesmatters.card. That's card with two R's, C-A-R-R-D dot co, uh, which has a litany of resources as far as signing petitions, numbers you can call, emails you can send. There's literally a link on there under the email section that it will just auto-generate an email for you. Uh, all you have to do is put in your name. Uh, there are other places that to donate that are listed on that site, as well as ways that you can educate yourself, things you can read, things you can watch, things you can listen to. It's a great page, and I would highly recommend checking it out. As far as further educating uh, ourselves goes, I would highly recommend 13th, directed by Ava DuVarnay. Uh, it's a documentary about the prison system in America. Uh, and as of this recording, it is available on Netflix. Um, I would also recommend the Black Power Mixtape, 1967 through 1975, which examines the Black Power movement in the late 60s and 70s through the eyes of Swedish journalists and filmmakers that were visiting America during those years. Uh, it's a great documentary. Uh, you can watch it for free on Amazon. You don't even need a Prime account. You just go to Amazon type in the Black Power mixtape 1967 through 1975, and it is just free to watch as far as this recording is concerned, uh, or as of this recording is concerned. Uh, there's It features a lot of prominent people that don't necessarily make the history books, uh, Stokely Carmichael, Angela Davis, just to name a few. I learned a ton watching that one. So that's you can watch that one for free on Amazon. You don't even need a Prime account. Uh, saying Black Lives Matter should not be controversial in any way. And if for some reason that thought or sentiment is problematic for you uh, in any way, shape, or form, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Go, You should go listen to them instead. Uh, a lot of them are going to be saying the same thing as me, though. So uh, go try one of them out. But there's a lot of other podcasts you can go listen to if that bothers you. All the resources that I've spoke about will be linked in the show description below. So if you didn't catch one of them, just go to the show description. Uh, there will be links available in there. Thank you for listening. Black Lives Matter. Enjoy the show. Welcome to my favorite podcast with Noah Marger. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, today Fuck me, we God damn it. Near, hey, you will not speak until I say it is okay for you to speak, because I'm this sorry, 
It's fine. Listen, hey, listen, it's fine. I, uh, in a way, this is exactly what I wanted to have happen, and in another really fucked up way, uh, you're the worst guest I've had so far. Fuck so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, a, you, I'm, an, you... I'm a I'm a serial blank check listener, so I just kind of inherently talk before I'm introduced. I, well, it's just how I'm. It's well, how she's raised. I'm sorry. Up. Shut the fuck up for a second. All right. So cool. today we're gonna be talking about the effects of DMT on your balls if you're doing DMT too much. <laughs> Um, and I have an expert here with me who's done DMT so much, they've actually inverted into his stomach. Um, so why don't you go ahead and introduce introduce yourself, you DMT expert. Who, who are you? Yes. Hello. I'm Carl Pagan. And um, DMT actually stands for uh, drop my testicles. No one what? really knows that. Um, so. Really? This wow. is this is a wild riff, Noah. <laughs> listen, I, if anything, you if didn't it, tell me I'd be doing improv on your podcast. Listen, if this show just devolved into extended bits, that's fine with me. But sure, uh, you know, you're not listening to fucking Joe Rogan. Okay, you're not listening to Mark Marin. You're not listening to who charted or who charted. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, you're not listening to Pump Up the Jam. You're not listening to any Earwolf podcast. Okay, this is Phew. the this is the Noah Marger Podcast Network. This is my favorite podcast. Uh, thank you very much for being here. I have, tr- I, you know, you say you have special guests every episode, but this is a this truly is a special guest. This man, uh, even before I really moved up to L.A. and was like starting my quote unquote professional life, he said, hey, you want to come do this show called Everything Now? And I said, yeah, that's the most terrifying thing anyone's ever asked me to do, but I'll do it. And uh, he sort of created a monster <laughs> in me. A he's little sort bit. Of, sort of my Frankenstein's monster. Uh, or He's Dr. Frankenstein, and I'm the Frankenstein's monster in that sense. But I'm giving myself too much credit in that regard. But he is, in fact, uh, one of the co-creators of the Everything Now show, which streams live on Twitch on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific time, as well as every other Wednesday for a D&D stream every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. or 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Every other Thursday. Every other Thursday, excuse me. Every other Thursday uh, Pacific time, 7 p.m. on Twitch. Uh, he's, you know, but besides that, he's always doing shit. He's a writer. He's a director. He's got a podcast in the works, baby. This man is unstoppable. You know him. We all know him. Rocky Pajarito, thank you for being here, buddy. Hi, Noah. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be talking about uh, things that we love. Uh, this, uh, you told me this premise of this podcast, and I was just immediately on board. I didn't care uh, what we talk about. I just knew I wanted to do it. Um, and yeah, I, I think people forget that um, Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> made his monster do improv on a Twitch stream. <laughs> that, that, was the, that was the original draft, and then Mary Shelley's abusive husband, Lord Byron, was like, "Oh, it's not moody enough. You gotta have you gotta you gotta have him like mope around. He should be he should be a not an improv guy, but a stand up instead. He should be moodier and mopier than a fucking." I was gonna guy. say that Lord Byron's great 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 nephew. Matt Besser. Matt Besser. That's right. Matt Besser and Ian Roberts. They're they're yes. <laughs> there we go. The machine ins- they call him. <laughs> Is that what they call him? Is that really? What yeah, I heard that on some sort of one of these comedy TV show commentaries. I heard someone refer to Ian Roberts as the machine because of how good he was at improv. And I don't know if you've <laughs> seen Matt. Be- in, sorry, Ian Roberts do improv in his later years. As great of a writer and performer as he is. He's kind of slowed down, so he's not really as much of the machine that he used to be maybe in the early to mid-90s. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering, because they, like, they, what is he a machine of is what I was thinking. Like, I know, I guess improv, but, like, 
fuck. Like, that's, like, a terrible nickname for a guy who does improv. It's pretty weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think about, I think of Ian Roberts, and I'm, like, laughing. Like, I think of, like, Ass Pennies as a sure. sketch. Um, he's just kind of a very, he's got a very funny cadence inherently. He's kind of like Andy Daly or something like that. But over time, you just kind of think of him and you think, I don't see him as much of a machine as maybe, like, I don't know who's John a wild Gabris card to provide. A John Gabris is a literal machine. Yeah, you yeah. cannot turn him off. Yeah, no, he's um, a machine. That's a, that's who's a the point, yeah. who's that older guy who does that Facebook show? Owen something. Do you know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Owen Burke. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty he's good. kind of a machine, I guess, but, like, maybe it's the thing where, like, I would love for them to bring out, like, if, you know, if UCB survives this bullshit, but, like, <laughs> you know, if, if I would love for them to bring out, like, all of, like, older guy improvisers yeah. and just have them do, like, Undertaker-style <laughs> intros where it's like, what? <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Oh, it. <laughs> the machine and he's just oh, walking out my all God. slow in his like bowling yeah. shirt his cargo shorts comparing awesome. Owen Burke and all elder statesman improvisers to the undertaker is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard like uh like I guess Adam McKay who's actually still a very funny improviser oh, whenever he gets to do it he's a wonderful improviser yeah but uh, yeah, he definitely they are definitely of that kind of like that just tracks with the wrestling history so well. So I applaud you for that comparison. Well, um, speaking yeah. of also just like uh, the you spent you mentioned Andy Daly earlier uh, as two big fans of that show that I guess no one liked at the time. Review reviews finally out on DVD. Did you know that? God. I kind of heard about that, but it kind of escaped my mind, unfortunately. So I'm glad to be reminded because I did not finish that show. Really, you know, the first the first season is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, including um, particularly the part with our late great uh, Fred Willard when yes. he goes to space. Yeah, I think that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> Easily, he, he was uh, he was always one of those guys that he was like a that guy. You know, Andy yeah. Daly was not Fred Willard. For Fred sure. Willard was a legend and R.I.P. Big time to that. I know. Yeah, um, huge. But Andy Daly was always sort of like a that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you, like, really are into comedy, like, you know Andy Daly. Like, Andy Daly's For done sure. some of the best characters, regardless of what you think of Comedy Bang Bang. I know you and I, uh, at one point in our lives, at minimum, were fans. You know, I, yeah. I, I still consider myself a, a Fairweather fan, even though if I don't listen to the show. <laughs> That's a good way to much. put it for me as well. Yeah, I agree. But Andy Daly has had some of the best characters on that show ever Dalton Wilcox literally oh, yeah. is getting his own podcast of course yeah of course because all of, he gives his characters so much depth that they could sustain a podcast or even like a pilot of a show if they wanted like he fleshes them out so goddamn well because he's such an emotional improviser that you kind of get all the like sides and dimensions of a character and you kind of get to see where they come from and where they're going and what's stopping them from getting there you know like he inherently embellishes them with so much richness that you can like him doing a podcast where it was just like one of my characters gets a pilot for a podcast and we'll see what that is yeah exactly like, Anyone, just like you can be like, I'll I'll take it. I know you're going to give me so much more than I expected from any other kind of improv comedy. Well, even um, the show review itself, like yeah. people have pointed out that like sort of de facto and after the fact that it is a commentary on white privilege in a way. 
Wow, yeah, totally. Uh, absolutely. The first thing he tries out is is stealing, isn't it, if I remember correctly? I don't um, remember specifically the order of it, but like he tries out, quote-unquote, racism. He yes. tries out divorce. He yeah. reviews, you know, even the pancakes thing, which is like probably like maybe the most iconic thing from the show. Yeah. Like, just to be able to have, you know, the expendable income to go eat 32 <laughs> pancakes or whatever, like, yeah. there is, it's all about, you know the white privilege of this guy who's like, well, nothing's going to hurt me. You know, I'm doing this for TV. So I think that's really interesting. And I think that (sighs) he is able to something that I really envy about him. This is not an Andy Daly podcast, by the way. We're really getting into it, but I'm like, (laughs) it's fine. We can keep going. I love it. Well, I was going to, all I was going to say is that he is so um, charming in his evilness Mm -hmm. of his characters that you almost, kind of just forgive the fact that they're that evil. Like, I can't remember the name of the character. Maybe you know it off the top of your head. But the guy on that he used to do on Comedy Bang Bang, who was, like, the old Rockettes guy who did, yeah. like, the Rockettes show. What <laughs> is his DeMello. name? Dom DeMello. Dom yes. DeMello. Yes. And do a little something for Daddy, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, do a little yeah. something for Daddy. It's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, that yeah. is big-time shit right there. That is Evil, some... evil characters, yeah. Just it is. Just full-on cartoon evil villain. <laughs> he would be so good in, like, the Jody Hill-verse, like, in that world. Yeah, brother. I mean, like, season one of Eastbound and Down. I was literally thinking about it when you're talking about review. Uh, he is, like, the waspiest dweeb in that season. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's not even a villain, because Kenny Powers is the villain in a way. Um, but, like, he is kind of, like, the perfect, like, I live in a McMansion, and I have bad sex with my wife kind of guy. Um, <laughs> but... As a, like a a you know a dimensional performer, I think he has so much capable within him, and that's why review was so awesome because it took this individual to so many dark places, and in kind of that this is a weird comparison, but you'd like it in that softy brothers kind of way, it oh really boy. does explore the kind of nuances of privilege and the ability to uh, circumvent many systems and just to float through life because you're rich and white. Exactly, just um, because of I, the fact that you are living a society that like allows you to do so you know because of the system yeah you place. are you are this tall to ride any ride um not to say that uh, good times about being rich it kind of is in a reverse like kind of perverse way but uh there's there's a lot of class uh struggles and, totally um, observations to be made for sure good time um, is like but, all about the systems in place that keep people down like ultimately you know like and that's sort of yeah. solidified in that final scene where uh, Benny Safdie's in the group class. You know, it's like we didn't yeah. know what to do with this guy, so we're just gonna stick him here because this is what we do with all these kinds of people. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the kind of touch I'm pretty sure Ronald Bronstein brings to all the Softy Brothers work, and I think is why their movies work the best. Um, we can talk about. Oh wow, I would love to do an episode of this on Ronald Bronstein. <laughs> Dude, um, he he would be an interesting one because he's had a very uh, he's had a very interesting career. But he's worn a lot of different hats. Yeah, um, I have a copy of his wife's film that he's in, but I also have to watch Frownland still. That's one of those ones that, like, of that weird indie 2007 to 2011, like, era of, like, new wave American independent. Sure. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. But that's I know that's how they got connected with the softies. Um, anyway. <laughs> who is... Um who is his wife's uh who is what's his wife's movie i've never heard about that um it's called yeast and i didn't i didn't hear about it until a friend of mine uh from a film facebook group i'm in um just sent me the file for it head on and i was like what is this and he's like it's it's ronald bronstein's wife's film um and it's it's barely got a presence on letterbox but apparently it's pretty wild 
um, and abrasive in the same way that his movie Frownland apparently is. Um, so I've heard. We stand abrasive, alienating media on this pod. So fucking lootly. Speaking of everybody. <laughs> alienating. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a good intro. Yeah. Me- good. <laughs> Speaking of alienating uh, media. Rocky, uh, you were nice enough when I said to you, this is what the podcast is going to be. You know, I truly, I actually did not expect you to bring this guy on. I truly did expect you <laughs> to bring on some, I guess so something a little bit more that just when I think of you, I think, oh, I would expect him to bring on maybe like a Joe Swanberg movie or, you Ooh. know, even like Punch Drunk Ooh, Love yeah. or something like that. Like, you know, I expected something a little bit or the Mountain Goats or something. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you pitched um, Punch Drunk Love as one of the possible ones, and it, I really did consider it. Um, I, I second-guessed, because there's this weird, I don't know, like when Blank Check was doing its March Madness thing, and Paul Thomas Anderson would come up into play, everyone would be like, we they talk about Paul Thomas Anderson all the time. Everyone talks about Paul Thomas Anderson. It's this, that, this, and that. And like I kind of can, you know, uh, agree with that, and I don't want to, you know, flood the market too much. But not enough people talk about Punch Drunk Love. No, that's I don't it, baby. Think, I, I don't think enough people talk about Punch Drunk Love. Um, eventually, we will, maybe for this show, if you ever keep on doing it, and then you need a repeat guest for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a uh, the thing I brought on instead was something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. I think I'm, every time I remember this this artist existing, I just get so excited and want to just like present it to people because it's so absurd and so weird and makes me feel so many different things um and when you brought up this premise of this podcast i thought this could be a great you know lane forward it wasn't my immediate first choice i made a list of things that like i could possibly bring on joe swanberg is definitely up there and i'm sure we'll talk about him someday if not on here uh then maybe funny uh, not funny man sad well definitely on funny man sad but also on um it's on the list but no this artist i picked instead i i think um I was. I, I'm just really excited to kind of. In, well, who is he? I picked. It's weird. So I picked an artist, and we're talking about a specific, uh, like branch of his art work because he's a very multi-talented guy. He's a visual artist. He's a cartoonist. He's um, a puppeteer. <laughs> he is. That, that's um, kind of how yeah, I think most people know him, regardless if they know that absolutely they know him that way. Totally. People don't know that they know this guy. It's weird. Um, yeah, and he's also an original musician as well as a mashup artist. We're talking about Neil C.C. Orega, and we're talking about his mashup work with three particular albums. Uh, Mouth, Sounds, Did you say C.C. Orega? Is that what you said? Jeez, how do you say it? Ciceriga? Ciceriga? C.C. Orega. I've never heard that. I always say Ciceriga. Eh. Cicerica. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that sounds right. There's a uh, reason I, that I, this I is my podcast <laughs> and hey. not your podcast. Oh. Oh. And there's a reason my podcast has not been released yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you can't get the title that you think it's uh, Funny Man Sad instead of Funny yeah, Man I can't Sad. Yeah, I can't keep saying it right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Neil Cicerica. Neil Cicerica. Neil Cicerica. We're gonna well, Neil. We'll call him Neil. How about that? Neil CC's Pizza. That's pretty Neil. Funny. Yeah, That's Neil C <laughs> for the fans at home. Neil C, what's up? Uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, the mashup works of Neil C. Yeah, and when you pitched me this, I like I said before, I was very surprised uh, because a he is very eclectic, and would you call him? I guess. Like, I don't want to say it's comedy music because I feel like at the same, like, it's not parody mm, yeah. music like Weird Al does, but like, 
Is he just in general one of your favorite musicians? I guess so. You know, it's, I haven't gotten into uh, Lemon Demon enough, honestly. Sure. Um, more, I what I have discovered through Spotify or even YouTube, um, I have enjoyed. But I think if anything, even if it's just this, these three albums that we're talking about of like all time favorite pieces of art, I think he is such an insanely wonderful brain to uh, to appreciate. I mean, I just love his approach to comedy and general art because i think that what i love about his work is that it is a combination of it makes me laugh very very hard it's insanely funny on a kind of super deft and subtle level and it is also uh functioning on a level often that is genuinely entertaining as pop music like i think he deconstructs and then mutates into a a work of pop music that is even more fun than the original piece intended you know 100 like, percent uh, yeah, so I guess in a way I would classify this as comedy work, uh, for sure. Um, in the same sense that I love, like you know, a kind of dramatic film that is funny at its core. I consider that a comedy. Um, I think this is a piece of comedy with many nuances. Sure, that makes sense. I think that the uh, you know at its at the general premise around it is not it's something you don't hear on the radio period you know like you're not gonna hear this being played on k-rock you know in la but no it is r.i.p k-rock by the way yeah all right r.i.p bless up in the chat for k-rock um the the ability to deconstruct these songs and hear he like hears the 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 missing gap that's like his big like power is that he's able to hear what isn't already made and he's able to put things together in a way that is so interesting and it is just it's a skill not a lot of people have truthfully no not everyone can do this at least you don't see it practiced like this you know you you put this kind of skill to work for something a little more i don't know professional (laughs) or like less alienating maybe yeah you know um like doing any of these ideas if any of these songs came up to you in your head as a just a concept or an idea or a joke there's something about the industry and the world maybe until the late 2010s or the mid 2010s or something that would tell you maybe don't do that one because it's so ridiculous that like what's like where's where's the ground it's going to catch in this kind of capitalistic sense of like I got to create content that's going to reach a lot of people. Right. But a lot of his work is definitely functioning on the level of a stupid 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 idea that comes into your brain because of just interests matching and lining up all of a sudden, you know. Totally. He it's like sound science and I think he's um just a very gifted um engineer in a way and he's kind of pushed his uh, imagination into a very certain direction that is kind of untapped. I mean, like the most mashup work you'd probably hear on the radio is like maybe something like girl talk or like right. transitioning from one song to another on like, like one or 2.7 on K- on in LA. Sure. Um, yeah. The, the, and what, and for those of you who don't know who Neil C, we're going to call him Neil C because there's a discrepancy yeah. about how do you say his name, <laughs> even though it is Neil Ciceriga, uh, because Ciceriga. that's the way our boy Fantano says his name as well have you seen the fantano review he reviews all three albums it was a big um that that was a big uh i guess fixture in me getting into neil um in college i heard the song fly away which i'm sure we're going to talk about yep uh and i saw the video and it made me laugh very 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 hard and i kind of slowly discovered that he had more and more songs like this and he had albums like this and i saw (laughs) that anthony fantano covered the albums and whatnot 
And then, like, by the time I was graduating college, he released a third album in this trilogy. And it was just a perfect, you know, like, arc for my relationship with Neil C.'s work, I guess. And not only does, um, not only did Anthony Fantano review the albums, he gave them very high marks. And not to say that Fantano super favorable. is, like, the be-all, end-all of music criticism, but he's got a voice that spreads very far, and people really do respect what he has to say and take it, you know, yeah. seriously. And he gave... Uh, but he combined mouth silence and mouth sounds into one review for the first time and reviewed them both. And he gave them as a collection, he gave them a light to a decent eight. And then yeah. Mouth Moods, uh, that's the name of the third album, right? Mouth Moods? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he gave Mouth Moods a nine. Like, he really mm-hmm. dug this. I mean, it's, you know, there's the meme out there of, like, if you want to, you know, get a perfect score from Fantano, all you have to do is, like, put every sound in the world on top of each other, you know? And then it'll get, like, a perfect score from the from the baldy eye himself. But, you know, yeah. there is something to be said that, like, you can listen to this as just an enjoyer of pop music, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can also listen to this as someone who's really into music and be like, wow, these are so artfully crafted. For example, one of the songs that you did not put on your list, which is probably Please. my favorite, to be honest with you, it's probably my favorite, is Crocodile Chop. And yeah, that's a, yeah. And <laughs> that is for just for the folks at home who don't know who this guy is or like what the fuck we're even talking about, you know? This guy took Chop Suey by System of a Down which is a big, aggressive, thrashy song. Violent rock song. <laughs> and combined it with Crocodile Rock by Elton John, which is a joyous, you know, chorus-driven, or not even chorus-driven, but like like soulful piano song yeah. from the 70s. And he It's a makes, big smile of a song. <laughs> it is. And he combined the two, and he took the, mm. you know, the beat of Crocodile Rock and the lyrics of Chop Suey, yeah. And he made something entirely new, and it is so fun, Rocky. Yeah, it, I love it. it and I, its omission from this list is um, inexcusable because there's just so <laughs> many good songs from Neil's uh, from Neil's body of work. It was impossible to pare it down to thirteen, kind of twelve songs. Um, yeah, that was also kind of on that same uh, dime where I. Another thing I discovered from Neil around that time in college. Um, and it is just so funny. <laughs> just like they keep in and emphasize Serge Tankian's intensity as a, as a singer. Yep. Um, especially in one part where it's just the two lead singers of System of a Down screaming at each other gutturally. And all you hear is the dinky kind of synthesizer from Crocodile Rock <laughs> below it. It's, uh, it's, it's delightful. And it, it's, it's simple. Like to a degree that's hard to describe. But like just the two concepts mashing together for anybody, uh, you can hear it and it kind of sounds funny, if not just really strange. Well, it's 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 interesting that you say that it's really simple because he kind of does two different kinds of songs, so to speak. Yes. He does things like Crocodile Chop, where he takes two songs and finds a way to fuse them together. And then he does yeah. stuff like, um, we'll talk and, about it, but Annoyed Grunt. You know, or which, dough or something, yeah. Where he takes pieces of like fifteen different pieces of media, mostly songs. He does include, you know, like source material of like news reports and stuff like that as well. And he yeah. constructs an entirely new thing from a bunch of different little pieces, which is equally as impressive in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of take a note from Nakey Jake, a, a video essayist that I know both you and I appreciate. Yeah, he's awesome. But when he talked about Red Dead. 
Yeah, when he talked about Rockstar's structure of, uh, of, of missions in their games when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, it is kind of like taking two Lego sets that were made you know, for their own separate reasons, like a Star Wars one and a Mortal Kombat one or something like that. And then like just kind of using pieces on top of each other to create something unholy and maybe <laughs> doesn't have any logical reasoning uh, to anyone but the person building it. But you can kind of see that they're building something and that they're building a whole new thing together with these two elements. Um, and then the other kind of song that Neil would make, like the Annoyed Grunt or Best or something like that, he would just take the bucket of Legos where it has all the pieces from all the sets of Legos you got from when you were a kid and dumps it on the floor and then makes them all go together even though they all seem like they're mutated, horrified Frankensteins <laughs> of songs. And they're just so fun to listen to because they sound like they're on fire from the beginning. It's a great analogy with the with the, with the the Legos. It really does feel like he took you know, a Star Wars Lego and a, you know, City Heroes Lego and found <laughs> yeah. a way to make Star Wars make sense in City Heroes. Like, it exactly. really does, it really does mesh together perfectly. And one thing that you also mentioned that we didn't really dig into about, the fact that people probably know who this guy is, even if they don't, is he's yeah. directly responsible for Potter Puppet Pals. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things, like, on YouTube. I think that may, probably for a lot of kids, the first thing that got them to YouTube, maybe. And um, I can was, I can only he, assume he was a YouTube star mm-hmm. that you never saw his face. That's like <laughs> the entire thing about YouTube now is like, yeah. oh, you're so associated with like your persona. But he truly was a content creator. And I miss the days where you could actually monetize your actual creations like people like Psychic Pebbles and Oni and GD's animators, you know, who basically had to transition to Let's Play channels and podcasting. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that. No. But their bread and butter was animation, and that's not mm-hmm. a viable monetary source anymore based on the new structure of YouTube. Yeah, it's uh, funny how things have changed over the past nearly two decades. Like, it's, in, it's wild that we're in 2020 right now. But, yeah, like, you know, I guess we can talk about Newgrounds in a way. Where that's oh, kinda, yikes. Uh, yeah, I know. Whole other um, – <laughs> Whole other salad to get into. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. That's a phrase. Whole other crouton whole, to eat. <laughs> that's a whole other dressing to drizzle. Um, Holy fuck. Jesus Christ. But yeah, no, it is funny how things have changed and a lot of content creators have been forced to kind of adapt. But Neil is just such that he has so many different ways of expressing himself. Yeah. He's just that smart. Uh, not to like, you know, over, you know, applaud this guy or anything like that. I'm just a huge fan of his. But uh, yeah, like I can look back on Potter Puppet Pals and some of my favorite elements of it, like some of my favorite comic beats or performance choices from that. And I can kind of correlate that to what makes some of these songs so funny. Like I can kind of see the same brain making these decisions because they have this way of viewing comedic timing or of viewing emotions and, and, uh, and stuff like that, um, even though they are intrinsically of two different fruits in a way. Uh, to bring it back to food. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, so yeah. skilled at um, at doing the the thing you don't expect even to be possible. Not even the oh, thing that you yeah. don't expect. The thing you don't expect can yeah. even be possible. And he also is responsible for the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. Did you know that? He's behind that. Speak. 
Yeah, speaking of Newgrounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, uh, yeah. I, I, that was never one of the things that I would, like, show to my friends or anything like that and, like, be in love with. Sure. But I knew it of that canon of things on, like, I would be, more, I was more into, like, Ego, Rap- Ego Raptor, maybe. Totally. Um, Aaron from uh, Game Crumbs. Uh, but, yeah, I knew that as a piece of, uh, of entertainment that was totally of its time and totally big for its time. And, yeah, well, he's, he's got the brain that makes... He kind of has shit posting brain before anyone else could even get infected by it, you know. Totally before before the internet turned into a place where your brain just rotted from the inside out with the content. He was like, exactly. What if I just do it for you? <laughs> yeah. What if I present you these pieces that will infect your brain, like give you brain poisoning in a way? Um, pre, if not the same time as Tim and Eric, you know, like it's kind of like I would say Doug Lussenhop and Neil C.C. Riga. Cesariga are probably both equally responsible for the uh, the mutation of comedy in the late two thousands, which yeah, I love. Doug Doug is a Doug's. We'll, we'll we'll talk about Doug here just very briefly, and then is it cool if we sort of get into your playlist after that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. The the Doug Doug, although Tim and Eric's like name you so strongly associate with like their content, it is so. I'm not gonna say it's such a shame because Doug is doing amazing in his own, you know, right as a comedian and as and a he's performer. being support. Yeah, he's being supported by Tim Heidecker still and by most structures of comedy. I'd say he's still working, which is he's, the most you can say for somebody in his stature. He's still working, and he's you know got his own podcast, the 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 Doug or D, oh, I can't even fuck. It. I think it's called the Doug <laughs> Cast or the Dog. I can't remember. Poundcast. Poundcast. That's right. It yeah. is the Poundcast. Um, Brent Weinbach, who I love also. Yeah, shout out to Brett Weinbach, the boy. Um, so crazy. And but Doug kind of invented the Tim and Eric style editing. You know, he mm-hmm. is responsible. You know, for a greater or lesser degree of the you know r slash not Tim and Eric style videos <laughs> that yeah. you'll see for better or for worse. But you know, influential as hell. Like for sure. You know, yeah. He he really doesn't get the uh, some of the same love that Tim and Eric are ascribed to that style. Like he was a he was a trailblazer in that regard. For sure. And I mean, I don't know if it's just me and my weird brain, but I like cult figures. And I think Doug is just one of those cool, awesome people who behind the scenes changed everything in a way. I'm sure a cool documentary could be made about him someday. Um, uh, I was just going to ask something. Um, we can, we don't have to talk about this right now. I'm just curious and we'll yeah. talk about it later. Um, are you a fan of Everything is Terrible? Uh, I don't know them a ton. Fed Busiglio, my boy, uh, that really makes likes sense. Everything is Terrible. That makes sense. <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I I do respect what they do, even though I don't um I don't like like in like I don't watch a lot of their stuff. I'm not very well versed in that. Gotcha. Yeah. No. It's they a lot of paths crossing here um, as far as like content and sensibility go. But uh, we can talk about that at some point later. I'll send you some videos. Um, and yeah, I say we can get into uh, the little playlist that I made you here or the question you asked me to do. Oh offline. yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. My uh, my my. Before we get into the playlist here, uh, my favorite uh, segment of the show. It's Noe's question. I asked Rocky, what mashup do you want to hear that doesn't exist yet? Yeah. Um, what do you think? I got a couple answers here. Uh-oh. All right. Hit me with your best shot. All right. Cool. So the first one I thought of immediately is something that I've um, 
I kind of I tweeted about it once. It's a it's a not funny idea. It's if anything more of a novelty. But I think that such great heights by the Postal Service is the equivalent of Take on Me by Aha for the mid to late two thousands. Wow. And I th- I think they have a lot more structural pop similarities than many people realize. So if you wanted to take kind of like a mullet with butterfly wings style thing, the instrumental of one with the vocals of another, and vice versa, I think they would line up very 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 closely if not perfectly. Um, wow, by that okay. Sa- yeah. By that same token, I would also not mind matching up Such Great Heights with Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett. Oh, uh, boy. I, uh... <laughs> Yikes. What, I, the, yeah. what, what are you doing to my audience here? What, are you, what kind of I'm ideas I'm doing the Neil Cesariga thing, okay? I'm just trying to, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think in the way that this guy thought. So okay. by that token, I also thought Take On Me by AHA plus Battery by Metallica. I don't know if they line up Ooh. in the slightest. Whoa. But I think... They are tonally just the opposite direction of each other, and I'd like to smash them together like two dolls and make and see if something would happen. And see if they can um, fuck. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I would like to do something very terrible to the song uh, Holland 1945 by Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh, boy. Um, perhaps I'll mix it with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song uh, or its vocals. Uh, I like that. That's who was really good. I really like that, Rocky. I thought about it a lot, actually. So I'm thinking <laughs> it would be the, the guitar intro of Holland 1945 on repeat, and you'd have the, like, now this is a story of about, like, have the whole <laughs> intro of the song, sure. and then once he's at... at uh, Sit right there and tell you how I've been in a town called Bel Air. And then the song like, and you kind of get into the the harder instrumental version of it. And then you can kind of just start blending in his rap throughout the song. (laughs) Maybe that would work. Um, I sound like such a dweeb right now. And then the final thing I wanted to do was, um, I guess Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song is kind of my meme track. uh, Because Neil tends to, per album, take specific songs and really take it apart. And then use it over and over again. Just kind of stare at it as it disintegrates um so i guess the fresh prince of bel-air theme song would be that for me um and i would mix that with uh i think it's called te a la menthe by la caution which if you're not familiar with that song if you're not familiar with that song it is the song that plays in oceans 12 when vincent cassell is gliding under all the lasers in the museum oh it's it's a really really absurd ridiculous synth uh like euro trash dance song and um, for some reason, to me, it's very funny because of how absurd that scene is in Ocean's 12. Wow. And uh, I think I would, it would be really funny to blend those two together. Well, that is that every mashup that you came up with? I'm looking at my list here. That's pretty much the end of my list. Thank you very okay. much for your time. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen to that. If that doesn't give you an idea of some of the shit that we're about to talk about, if you don't know who <laughs> Neil Cesariga yeah. is at all, you know, well, then fucking buckle up. My answer to that question would be you take sledgehammer by peter gabriel <laughs> yeah and you find a way to get johnny cash's cover of hurt uh mixed wow. in there somehow okay yeah 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 yeah. i like that a lot yeah i like when you take two things that you like like neil does you know where you i personally think i like it when he takes fewer tracks and puts sure. them together but we'll get into that when we get into the playlist but i would love to be able to hear johnny cash's dour emotional vocals <laughs> over the beat of sledgehammer i just think that that is insane it's not gonna yeah. sound good but it's insane no no um I, I i love that so much um two things really quick before we dive into yeah. the playlist here um brody quest 
totally worth watching and remembering and talking about. Do you know Do you know Brody Quest? I don't. What is that? Holy fucking shit. It's an original song that Neil made, and it just scores this video of a PNG of Adrian Brody uh, hopping up and down from left side of the screen to the right side of the screen, and every time he clears it, it changes the background. And so the video basically tell, tells a story of Adrian getting out of bed. <laughs> going out of his house and then wandering around the world going underwater going to other planets going to baseball games but the music is very iconic and it kind of went viral for its time um but uh, apparently not enough for noah marger's ears um but brody quest is yeah i highly recommend checking out brody quest it's amazing um and then secondly one thing i would love to talk about in this podcast in a future episode or just you know for you and me to talk about is uh, sharpling and worcester I, I think sure. Their their comedy is very, 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 very particular, and I think you and I would like talking about that. Anyway, sorry for taking over the podcast, Noah. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, this is your time. Thank you. We're going to end the podcast early. Thank you so Great. much. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a couple songs, like I said before, that I was surprised that you did not include, because Rocky sent me originally a list of 20, and I said, buddy, <laughs> I don't want to fucking, you know make my audience blow their fucking brains out by having us talk about 20 tracks. So I said, if you can parse it down to at minimum 15, 10 would be amazing. If you could just give me your 10 Neils. And so you gave me 13, technically 12, really, um, which is very fair. I appreciate you doing that. But a couple that didn't appear on the list that I think are worth mentioning are piss, which I think is Absolutely an incredible mashup, mostly consisting of semi-charmed life and tub thumping. <laughs> yeah. uh, the end from Mouth Moods, which is mm. uh, Lincoln Parks in the end, and uh, What a Fool Believes by the right. Doobie Brothers. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Is it coming back to you now? It's funny. A lot of Mouth Moods uh, still evades me. Actually, um, I would say maybe like five or six songs from that album I return to pretty consistently. And the other ones, I look at the title and I kind of forget what they were. So it takes me like a full listen through to remember what they were specifically. But yeah, that is one of those that is very, very funny just on cadence alone. <laughs> well, you, I don't, you don't have to worry about that because part of the thing that I did when I went through this podcast or went through this playlist that you gave me is I went to shout out to whosampled.com because they list everything that's sampled yes. in each song. So we're going to go yes. through that. So don't worry yeah. about that. I got you covered on that. But the other ones that I was surprised that didn't show up are, I know this was a little bit of a late addition that you wish could have made it on the list, but Fly yep. Away uh, Absolutely. is just great. The way he chops up one song and yeah. makes it, it's something completely different. Just he really puts the song under a magnifying glass and destroys it like an anthill. Like he, that song is, I love Lenny Kravitz. He's great. Um, <laughs> This song's pretty stupid, and I think he makes it even stupider somehow. Um, 100%. Yeah. I also have some honorable mentions as well. We won't I got two more. I got two you more. Go, you go, you go, you go, you go, you go. It's your turn. Uh, off uh, Mouth Sounds, No Credit Card, which is a redone <laughs> version of uh, Power of Love uh, yeah. by Hugh Lewis and the News, most notably from Back to the Future. <laughs> and then the prop, the first Neil Cicero, I think this is the first Neil Cicerega song I ever heard. I could be wrong about that, but it's the one that really stuck like in my craw was Imagine All-Star People. That was the one that really totally. stuck in my craw. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Of the 12 or so <laughs> um, Smash Mouth All-Star remixes that he does, that's uh, that's one of the funnier ones. It's it's um, Imagine, uh, the beat of Imagine, and then All-Star <laughs> slowed down to slowed match down. the beat of Imagine, which is pretty genius. Yeah, it slowed down so much. Um, give me your honorable God. mentions, and then let's dive into this so we can give we get some time in here. 
Absolutely. Uh, furries. Uh, great. Feels great. Sounds great. Very funny. Um, feels great. Sounds great. great you can fuck it. Funny. It's great. <laughs> it's it, um, which is a sped up version of <laughs> Epic by Faith No More. Yeah. Under the instrumental for Lowrider by War. Yeah. <laughs> um, Modest Mouth, which is actually probably That's one a good of the, one. the most earnestly combined songs because it's two really popular earworms from the 2000s mashed together, and they're both pretty feel good. Um, I, th- I don't know. I think that experiment works really well. Love yeah, that's, a, that's a really beautiful, beautiful song, actually. I agree. Yeah, Love Psych, deeply underrated experiment where he combines Love Shack by B-52s and the score for Psycho. Um, very yeah. perfectly. Yeah, um, that's a very fun one. ACVC, uh, one of the funniest things Neil C. Sirega could ever do is just take the vocals of an ACDC track and give it its own like space to breathe over the fucking 100-mile uh, song or 1,000-mile yeah. song. Yeah, so good. Um, along with Piss, Shit is very good. Yep. Um, I, I really like the usage of um, The Offspring's Pretty Fly for a White Guy, uh-huh, as well <laughs> as the, uh, the Limp Bizkit. Uh, vocals that's a very funny um, totally combination um goodbye the opening of mouth silence is beautiful fairly funny just very beautiful um and then space monkey mafia is yeah uh, yeah that's a good one another really good combination that is also kind of just like a very clear premise because you kind of know these two songs and what they stood for at the time that they were released and then just kind of pitted them against each other and he also gives it so much beautiful backing with like electro polka you know that's remind me the, remind me which yeah. ones are combined in that one in we space did, monkey mafia we didn't start the fire by billy joel and yep. uh, it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine yes by that's right yeah that's right two pop songs about the apocalypse and um they, they go really well together when neil glues them together with his own uh, original editing instrumentals essentially which he does for a lot of these songs and are very beautiful i have one more but we're going to talk about it with another song that we have on the list here so let's get gotcha started. well you heard all the songs we're not going to talk about on the yeah, show just damn. now but uh we're going to dive in here with the we're just going to go in the order of the playlist that you sent me uh, yeah. The f- opening track, and th- would you, I guess, consider these then like your twelve or thirteen? Like, if you had to show someone, Neil, see this is what you would show them. Yeah, uh, in listening through these all again, I'd probably cut one or two, maybe, um, okay. or replace them. But yeah, uh, there there are at least ten songs on here that I would show people. Just because I would like to watch their faces react to the, getting their brains melted a little bit. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I have, I have this here as my opening note. Um, I love the feeling uh, a lot of his music gives me, which is that my brain is simultaneously getting upgraded and broken. Oh, wow. That's and you know what? That's interesting you say that because like I was doing all this, you know, research yesterday and I was listening to these tracks over and over again and I, I texted you. I think my brain was broken by Neil C. <laughs> it is kind of a maddening yeah. feeling listening yeah. to these, but when you find the ones that work for you, you can't get them out of your head. It's totally. their earworms. Totally. Absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah, these are definitely the primer that I would work with if I was trying to show someone Neil C. Zuriga. Well, you've started us off with a crazy one because that first song on the oh. playlist is the uh, the song <laughs> Roller Closer. Uh, which consists of Closer by Nine Inch Nails, Love Roller Coaster by the Ohio Players, and Jungle Boogie by Cool and the Gang. Rocky, what the fuck is going on with this one? It's just 
<laughs> it's so elegantly directed, if you want to put it in film terms, you know? Like, sure. the opening of the album, this is the second song in the album, but the opening is, like, kind of a weird choral opus in a way. And it kind of sets the table for you. And then, all right, you gave me this weird <laughs> kind of angelic intro. What's the first song of this album going to be? And then you slowly hear, faintly in the distance, the guitar from Love Roller Coaster <laughs> just kind of <laughs> kicking in. And... I, for, for me, that just like is a really funny setup of what are you going to do to this song? <laughs> and then almost immediately as the verse kicks in, you hear a sped up version of Trent Reznor's voice. And it just it's almost a punchline in itself. Like, like I'm totally. going to combine these two songs together. Watch how I'm going to do it. Um, I, I will say this song maybe isn't the most prolonged success like by sure. the second half of the song, I think the punchline's kind of done. I yeah, mean, it, it overstays its welcome a little bit, just a little bit before it gets into another amazing song. But yeah, I think the first cor- verse and the first chorus alone are just such a hilarious one-two punch. Of um, like, <laughs> they replace all the curses in the in the chorus with um, with exclamations from um, Jungle Boogie. Yeah, uh, such as um, "I wanna boogie like an animal." Like that yep. is one of the funniest drops on that song. I think. Uh, yeah, I think the opening uh, half of this track is just one of the funniest things I heard when I first heard it, and I think it's still a funny combination today. Well, I was going to say, I think you can genuinely put this song on at a party, and I think people would yeah. like it. Like, I think sure. that this is, like, actually, like, a song that if you put this on at a party, it, people wouldn't blink, you know, people wouldn't bat an eye. Like, it really is, like, awesome. And it is crazy that it somehow mellows the harshness of... Yeah. Possibly the most like mainstream <laughs> evil song of all time, Closer by Nine Inch Nails, where the chorus starts off by Trent Reznor saying, I want to fuck you like an animal. That's yeah. insane. When I heard that as a kid, literally was like this. I'm not religious in any sense, but I was like, I should spray holy water on this song. Like, this is disgusting. It's scary. Scarier than Marilyn Manson or Rob Zombie's music, even. It's just like genuinely terrifying music. It's like horror music, a horror film in the version of a music. Uh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I think what's funny about Neil's work is that it can work as a nostalgia trip in a lot of ways. It's totally. very particular for it's time. I mean, like it goes from the late two thousands all the way back to maybe the, the fifties at, er, at earliest, you know, but like it takes all these pop songs from throughout the decades um, and reminds you of the fact that they were pop songs and then kind of deconstructs them for you. And I remember listening to this, like I remember it was like two hours ago when I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to all these songs again and just take notes on them. I had to stop the song and listen to closer by nine inch nails. Cause I remembered how fucking good of a song it is. Sure. And it is definitely evil. It's crazy that that played on the radio, but the 90s were a crazy time. <laughs> and when he's definitely a child, you know, like as a, yeah. like you were saying, the nostalgia trip type thing. He is without a doubt a child of the internet. And a lot of these songs exist during an early internet time or a very recent internet time. And it's interesting how being online and, you know, having forums where you can discuss these kinds of things, like either taint, twist or enlighten us about music and neil's basically saying like listen music's music enjoy it for what it is but here's closer by nine inch nails mixed with love roller coaster by ohio players and jungle boogie by cool in the gang let's see how this sits in your palate like it truly is madness but in a very evil genius way 
Yeah, definitely. It is kind of mad scientist creation stuff or like just some weird bartender who's really fucking around and doing things that should not be done. But it's kind of funny that he's doing them anyway. Um, and some things can it's kind of like an onion article where it's like some things can last just for a headline or sometimes an article could be withstood and make it even funnier as totally. it goes on for more paragraphs than one or two. You know, that's a great point. That's a very that's a really, really great comparison. Um, anything else to say about roller closer or can we move on? Uh, yeah, probably should be a little shorter. Um, Closer Rules as a song. Some of these mashups are like essays with a thesis subtle in their concept as they may be. Yeah, I mean, these are oh. like funk, funk music and the, and Closer by Nine Inch Nails are about sex, maybe, yep. for the most part. And it's funny to just kind of mash these two things from polar opposite extremes together. And they're kind of saying the same thing. Um, and that's all I have to say about that song. Well, listen, uh, as opposed to, like I said, that there were, how there were t- basically two kinds of Neil Ciceriga songs where this one, where Roller Closer is one where he takes two real main songs, three in this case, but, and really finds a way to mash them together. The next song on your list, Rocky, Ooh. is the opposite, where yeah. he takes, I think I want to say there's like 15 different things at work here, and I wrote them all down. Good. Are you ready Thank for God. this? Thank God. Yeah, absolutely. The next song is Annoyed Grunt. Yep, and uh, you tell me if you if you recognize the fact that at uh, each of these samples is actually in there. Ready? Sure. Yeah. So obviously the home improvement theme is there. Yes, absolutely. No more I love yous by Annie Lennox. You know I I can't hear that song in my brain off the top of my head when you mention it. N- neither can I. I don't know where that one sits in there. But then there's Freak on a Leash by Corn. Yep, absolutely. That's yep. one of the funnier elements of the song in my opinion. <laughs> There is a track from Ace Ventura when Nature Calls that's called Ace in Africa, which is by Robert Folk, which you Fucking can hear. Lord, you got me, man. <laughs> Duhast by Rammenstein. Yep. yep. <laughs> Basket Case by Green Day. Obviously, yes. it's very Masterful that one's very job. obvious. Yeah, that one's very funny. Running with the Devil by Van Halen, which I don't know if I could hear, to be honest I, with you. Is that not the the hair metal song that plays after Green Day? I can't place that one. I can't I place it either. It's very funny when it happens, but I cannot, for the life of me, name that song or band that plays. But yeah, uh, anyway. The next one of the, that he samples is one of the driving forces of the song, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry. That's like one of the driving forces of <laughs> yeah. the track, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is, yeah. Then we have uh, Homer Simpson saying Doe, obviously. <laughs> of course. Which is sampled from The Simpsons. Sure. Uh, Austin Powers saying, yeah, baby. <laughs> and the lowest quality rip he could find of that <laughs> audio. No fucking kidding. Um, yeah. And then the drums from In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, because yes. I think at one point, what, there's something that happens right before that happens where it's like up next Phil Collins or something yes, like that. Yes, he uses, uh, in this stretch of the album, he uses multiple Larry King <laughs> That's right. sound bites, yeah, um, leading into the Ghostbusters song as well as the beginning of this song with, with how do you explain Tim Allen as, uh, as well as uh, Phil Collins is next, which is... <laughs> It, Larry King's performance of that line is very unintentionally hilarious, but it it lines up perfectly with the drop of a song. You know, it, it just it manipulated it into a very perfect moment. Uh, Larry that. King is Larry King is one of those guys where like when he like was on TV, like I just figured that he was always going to be on TV. Like it was just like, sure. oh, this guy's had a TV show for a hundred years and he's going to have a TV show for a hundred more and he's never going to die. Like he was one of those guys, which he's very heavily featured in this. The one that they're saying is most purported, at least that was on who is he's talking to 
Bobby Brown of New Edition fame and solo Bobby Brown about wow. a ghost sex incident. Yes. And it is very upsetting to know that that is a thing that was on primetime TV probably yeah. in the 90s. And probably some kids saw it. <laughs> probably some kids. Probably some kids we know. Um, yeah. Then there's, I think my favorite personal drop is Paper Planes, when Paper Planes comes in. Yep. Great, great, like, um, mentioning usage in the chorus, definitely. And then they change what the gunshot sound effect is, essentially, um, which is a, just a funny joke in itself because, you like, that song is so popular for that chorus for the most part, other than the guitar riff, you know, that totally. example for that song, yeah. Totally. Um, great usage of that song, for sure. And then just to end it off, you got a little bit of Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Yep. And, of course, the classic... Wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. That was so terrible. I just did holy crap. The ooh, wow. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, the ooh, wow, uh, uh, by, uh, <laughs> by Disturbed. Do it. Yes. Oh, wow. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. That's a way better. I can't even believe I attempted it. That's fucked up. That's been funny to version. me. It's been funny to me for a very long time, so I think it's just been kind of part of my brain. No, dude, you, you crushed it. You should absolutely just yeah, yo, thanks, dude. beat me to death with a stick for trying to do it. Um, Thanks, bro. I appreciate it unbelievable mixing of music yeah. in this. Just hard to comprehend on a constant basis, I think is what makes this f- song so funny to me. Um, obviously, the home improvement stuff right off the bat is just ridiculous. It's a stupid theme song. It's of its time. <laughs> yep. It has a, has a lot of tenets of late 80s, early 90s sensibilities for sitcom music. So it just kind of is funny on its own. And then he, oh, Annie Lennox is probably the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh yes, maybe yes, yes. I, I'm doxing myself as someone who's uh, you know uh, not aware of these kinds of things, but then just it, it's really uh, here. I wrote down a note. This whole song is just an endless series of insane and terribly tasteless creative decisions. It's indulgent in the funniest way possible. A yeah. full-on assault of stupidity and serendipity. It is just a, a lot of coincidences and a lot of things being used inappropriately one after the other, and it's. It's hilarious to me. I, I can't think of many other comedy pieces like it in a way. It, it is so uh, tightly wound and made and just has so much up its sleeve. Like, Neil's kind of like a magician in a way. He's a comedian, you know, where he has just kind of like, guess what I'm going to do next kind of things. And 100%. this song is just, it's just a series of these one after the other, and each one's funnier than the next because it's so stupid. Combining Mungo Jerry with <laughs> with corn. <laughs> 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 the, the he is a magician in the sense that if he's doing the I'm about to cut this woman in half trick, you yeah. would expect the trick ends with oh he cuts the woman in half and then he glues her back together. Yeah. But if Neil was up on stage, it's I'm about to cut this woman in half and she turned into a rabbit that's inside of a hat. That's him, yeah. you know. In this <laughs> exactly, song, yeah. really, uh, it really showcases his ability to find those gaps where nobody else could find a gap. Like, like you were saying, you know, he's able to think that you can replace the gunshot with Homer Simpson saying doe in paper planes by MIA, which is just a piece (laughs) of the puzzle in the greater song that is going on. It's truly masterful work. Yeah. Pretty brilliant. Uh, the fact that there is at all a coherent, game in this song the fact that it's called annoyed grunt and it's all these really ridiculous guttural noises from pop culture all combined together totally 
um, it, it, you know, it, it's not like a full, you know, um, like, you know, treatise on the concept of like, you know, weird guttural sounds from cartoons and TV shows and whatnot, but it just gets the big ones that are so stupid and so funny and then puts them all together in a line and creates this kind of marching kind of celebration of <laughs> the idiocy of it all. Like, it's so crazy. Um, I love the Green Day cut as well because <laughs> yep. it really, it really does come out of nowhere, but he makes it fit so perfectly that it's, it's almost anger inducing it is it is very much like how the fuck could you even think to put a basket case right here? yeah <laughs> that part of basket case especially and it just changes the rhythm of the song so abruptly and then like and then over the the ending rush of that song for the sample he puts the home improvement flute <laughs> yes like, <laughs> and they they're they're in concert together all of a sudden when they absolutely should not be in any context whatsoever <laughs> It's 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 pretty amazing to listen to just it's it explaining it is one thing that there yeah, are 15 different tracks God. yeah really and just go listen to yourself I'm not sure if I can like legally put this music underneath what we're talking about and I'm not sure if I even would want to I think it deserves a clean listen. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, fucking Neil can't even put his music on Spotify or anywhere else, so like, it's going to exist in this weird stasis of uh, like a purgatory of legal <laughs> clearance, essentially, all Pretty on much. YouTube. And it barely exists on YouTube because Wonderwall keeps on getting taken down. Um, so I think you have to download them from his website, which you That's absolutely the, should. I, I was 100% about to say, these are all available for free on his website all you have to do is google neil Cicerega. you'll find his website and that's what I, I i downloaded all three of the albums i downloaded them all and they're all it, it's you know what could you, you can't make it easier than that no absolutely not this is like four or five hours worth of entertainment and <laughs> will that will be uh, very worth it if it if even one of these songs is up your alley um as as brain breaking as it is and maybe i do not recommend listening to all of them in a row no. necessarily but i like the idea of putting on a select few of these songs at a party because not only are they funny but a lot of them are certified bops like he makes these songs into actually danceable tracks we're gonna get to some of these in a little bit but yeah uh annoyed speaking of a speaking of a danceable track though are you can Mm -hmm. we move on absolutely let's do it annoyed annoyed grunt flows perfectly because it uh is the song previous to this next one not only in this playlist but on the album itself and that is bustin yeah, I tried to, because Neil's very good at sequencing on his albums, so I wanted to make sure that they all lined up, um, some of the songs lined up perfectly with each other, because they work so well on the album. Yeah, Bustin', this is a remix of uh, the Ghostbusters theme song, almost entirely on its own, except for one thing at the end, which tr- tickles me so endlessly. Um, yep. But yeah, it is it is just a funny a, a remix of the Ghostbusters theme song that makes it into an even harder, cooler dance track than the actual theme song is. Um, even though at the beginning, um, the remix of the main synth lead is funny because it's wrong. It's totally because it, it's, it's wrong and it's bad technically based on our knowledge of the Ghostbusters theme song. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I thought there was more to that sentence. I, sorry, I thought there was I, more to that sentence. I cleared my throat at the wrong time. <laughs> no, um, I love it, baby. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I'm looking at my notes. The first verse is fucking wonderful. Really shows Neil's power of genuinely great music production and absurdist tendencies. Yeah, I think he's really good at, while Annoyed Grunt is very funny and how it layers stuff abrasively and in a way that's incorrect and very you know intense, um, this song shows how good he is at pop um, 
like uh, pop layering in a way. Sure. Where he kind of slowly introduces new instruments and new elements to the melody, new drums every time you go back to the chorus and the build up at the ending. It's all masterfully done, and you would appreciate that in any pop song, honestly. And it's it's important that we that we highlight what you just said. It, there's a method to this madness. This isn't just yeah. madness. This no, is no. very purposeful and methodical. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, these these this collection of songs is filled with <laughs> with um, the, the thought process of a really ridiculous mind, uh, kind of constantly like presenting ideas and then battling them with new ideas. You know, like one song after the other. It is kind of like an extended joke or a stand-up set almost in how it fluidly goes through totally. these jokes and concepts. Um, the viewer at home can't see my hand wave here, but I'm doing a little... Uh... And thank God they can't. Oh, come on. This is cool. This is sexy. I'll All do right, it too. Ready? No, no, no. Yeah. Do it, oh, do it again with me, and I'll take, yeah. a, I'll take a screen cap. Ready? Hell yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, got it. Cool. <laughs> got it, baby. That's for, thank that's you. For the, that's for the Patreon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's for my OnlyFans. The Noah Marger Patreon sounds like a great idea, honestly. The, the Noah Marger OnlyFans is somehow even better. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't show. I don't show whole. <laughs> I don't show whole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> anyway, no. Um, you, I, whatever you were about to say is very fair and very uh, rude to say <laughs> at, at the same time, but it's very fair. Um, the the the, the Bustin is comprised primarily of Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr., but you do get a little bit of a tag at the end. Uh, yes. of Feel Good Ink, literally, yeah. of the song Feel Good Ink by Gorillaz. And that is Bustin. very fun. Bustin makes me feel good. Yeah, it's very, it's so good. I mean, when, when I first heard it, it was maybe the funniest thing I'd ever heard at that time. Um, <laughs> just because it's, again, it's like a good comedian or a good director or a good magician. It's just the perfect swap at the end that slaps you in the face. And I'm just so happy that he slapped me in the face with that. Um, I think that's the most we can say about this song. Honestly. Yeah. It's just an earnestly good track. And I, I wanted to keep it in because it, it, it transitions from annoyed grunt so perfectly. Well, now we're going to move on then to a song that is, I think honestly, this song is in a way kind of what Neil is most well known for, at least with the song that he decides to use here. The next song on your playlist, Rocky was full mouth, which is a combination of the full house and title music and all star by smash mouth. And this, I mean, if you only know Neil Cicerega a little bit, you probably know the fact that All Star is the song he's most so like like so associated with. Yeah, he's done a number on that song multiple times. The first album in this trilogy is almost half like the like one full half of it is based on messing around with All Star by Smash Mouth, which uh, just shows how extendable the meme quality is of that song and the fact totally. that we still talk about it today. You know, um, more so like for Shrek than the actual intended use of it, which was for Mystery Men, <laughs> starring oh, Ben is that, Stiller. Is, is that true? You should watch the music video for All Star. It is based in Mystery Men. Yeah. Whoa! I had no idea. That's crazy. So this is a uh, thing from Blank Check, actually, but. Uh, All Star was used as a as a temp track in the Shrek um, uh, audience cut, um, and they're like, "Well, this works too well, and the kids like it when it plays. Maybe we should just keep it in the full movie." It's the <laughs> opening credit music. Yeah, exactly. It, it was literally a temp track for them. They were like going to work on something else, maybe, and it's then awesome. eventually, when they showed it for test audiences, apparently, kids loved it so much that they're like, "Okay, sure, let's just use it." And Damn. lo and behold, it really takes it away and runs like with it, you know, and becomes its own cultural thing. But yeah, the first five or six songs on Mouth Silence, Mouth Songs, 
mouth moves. Mouth sounds, right? Mouth sounds, yeah. yeah. Are basically songs that utilize the vocals of All Star by Smash Mouth. And after six or so songs of it, you get this intro, which is a good minute and a half, maybe, or just a minute long, of just the full house music. There's yes. no vocals. And even though the song's called Full Mouth, it is kind of a nice, like, you know, bait and switch in a way. If you're just sure. listening to the album straight, it's it's funny because it the the usage of All Star is funniest when it barely works, and you can you can feel sure. it, you can feel it as a stretch where it's just he's barely fitting it to the rhythm of the music. He has to manipulate it just a little bit. But then the song turns into this really funny and interesting use of the saddest lyrics in the song, which are so much to do, so much to see. And he starts layering them on top of each other, repeating it until it sounds like this weird wall of sound that's kind of scary and kind of angelic at the same time. This this one definitely, for me, it this one gets a little grating at times because yeah. of how repetitive the the all the the full house element is you know the full house element is so like laborious at the beginning that you almost think like oh this is the joke you know this this is the joke and then he hits you over the head with smat with uh smash mouth i think that's what makes the next song we're going to talk about so funny like the song that we're going to talk about next is almost yes. funny on its own entirely, but as as a as a work of sequencing humor, it is even funnier that it comes after this song. Because yeah, he it's a very grating usage of the Full House theme song, which is kind of grating as it is. I did not watch Full House as a child, so when I hear this music, I think it's really dumb sounding, and I have oh. no nostalgia for it whatsoever. <laughs> Damn, shots fired on Full House. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. I I've made it clear that I'm a Fresh Prince of Bel Air kid throughout this episode, so. Yeah, um, but you know, we got the Fresh Prince of Bel Air kids. We got the Full House hey. kids. Who fucking cares? <laughs> hey, 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 Tone. Some kids would get up going to school at six a.m. <laughs> and on TBS, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air would be on, and that's all they'd watch. Are you kidding me? Sorry, I'm, are you I, kidding me about that? <laughs> I wish they were watching Full House. I wish they were watching Full be, House. They should be watching Bonanza in the morning. <laughs> I wake up at three a.m. and the George Lopez show is on. Ooh, we oh, gotta stop wow. or else we're gonna do it the whole episode. Um, I'm feeling exhausted already, and we have uh, so many more songs to talk about. <laughs> let's move on then. How about yeah, that? Move on, yeah. To uh, uh, this might be the funniest song yeah. I think I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so this next song is just simply titled Alanis. Yep. And it is You Oughta Know by Alanis yep. Morissette. Isolated the full vocals. House. Yes, the isolated vocals. That is amazing. He has to find the stems, you know, somehow. It's all rock band. Most most of it is rock band, if I no remember correctly. Shit. Really? At least for the first two albums, um, most of the pop songs are taken from rock band because, yeah, they have That's to break crazy. all those up. I know, which is funny because I was a huge rock band head growing up. And so when I hear this and think about how he did it, it's ingenious. How did no one think to do this until about seven years after rock band comes out, you know? It is uh, ingenious. I'm sure... Yeah, I'm sure people mess with this kind of stuff all the time. It just wasn't seen like this stuff. But anyway, yeah. But you've got the you got you ought to know by Alanis Morissette, the full house end titles, and you literally have I want to say like nine different uh, bumpers for yeah. studios and TV, you know, production companies at the end yeah. here, and I got them all for you. Are you ready? Great. Yes, please. You have Gracie Films, obviously. Perfect. Yeah. The Touchstone TV sound, which nobody knows what that sounds like. I don't think. <laughs> You have the Warner Brothers fanfare, the bum, 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 you know, that everybody yeah. knows. 
Yeah. Uh, Buena Vista Pictures, which again, couldn't fucking tell you what that sounds like. It's Disney, technically. Te- yes, technically, but it's like Buena Vista was like they're like like technically Six Sense is Disney yeah. because that's uh, Buena Vista. So it's Touchstone, um, actually, but we'll get into that some other time. <laughs> yes, Chef. Uh, Lorimar, which, again, couldn't tell you what that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 20th Century Fox, you know, obviously, da 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 you yeah. know. Which Columbia is followed, TV. Yeah, which they use the Fox theme song after the Gracie Films one, which is perfect if you've owned a Simpsons DVD ever. And it just yes. kind of goes in that specific order. Having a Simpsons DVD when you're a kid before they're all, like, available streaming, it's like a holy grail of, like, physical media those are totally. some of the best oh like dvd quote unquote when like dvds were like currency you know yeah. some of the best like you had so totally. much special features you had commentary on almost mm-hmm. every episode every, every epi- episode is amazing yeah so cool i miss those so much i wish i still had them uh i do too the castle rock uh sound which i think is like <laughs> dun, 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 or something like that yeah and then the i, I no one knows how to say this name but it's Klasky Huspo, the guys who Classy. did uh, Rus- Rugrats, right? Yeah, Rugrats yeah. and Our Real Monsters. Their, their headquarters are still up in Los Angeles. You probably drove by them once or twice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Klasky Kuspo, I believe, is the name. How you pronounce it? I'm not sure. But yeah, I thought that was a Nickelodeon one, but it is lining up like that, I suppose. It makes sense that it is a Nickelodeon-based production company. It is. And it, yeah. it, what, what you get with this is interesting because, for me at least, you have these homages to 80s and 90s like sounds that sort of make you feel nostalgic you know but then you also have Alanis Morissette who's screaming her head off and it's very aggressive and so you have that interesting (laughs) dichotomy there of like her screaming her head off with these isolated vocals and then all of a sudden insane nostalgia trip but in the other direction All of it. And it, it really just keeps on pushing you down a flight of stairs, making you remember all <laughs> these noises and sounds and everything they're associated with. Because you feel like a child by the time the classy Cuspo sound effect is playing, blaring in your ear, ending it's like the getting track. Put back into the womb. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like getting sucked back in. Um, it's, a, it's really aggressive. It's one of the funniest things ever, just because of how it keeps on going. And also how absurd the song gets before that part, where. Alanis Morissette's like she says you in a very funny way and he just starts looping it arrhythmically yeah. <laughs> until it just is so it's it seems broken and um also do you know about Alanis Morissette and Dave Coulier I'm sure you of course that's yeah. the, that's what this song is about it's about Dave it's Coulier just, it's just the funniest and kind of meanest thing you can do to this song it's <laughs> <laughs> to just like all of a sudden kick the full house song back into play after it was so fucking annoying for about that's four true. minutes beforehand that's why I love the sequencing of these songs where it's just like you thought you were out then he just repeats the joke again that's a structure i don't really see a lot of you see kind of the like the story of everest thing from uh, mr show where he does the joke eight times in a row where it gets really annoying and it's funnier every single time because of how frustrating and stressful and tiresome it is sure but to to do the joke say that you're done start another joke and then turn it back into the <laughs> previous joke is really funny to me i've seen the birthday boys do it i've seen um mr show do it it's it's it's, it's oh archer does one that's very funny i can't remember that well but i love that kind of structure for some reason it's very uh alienating <laughs> in, it, in a lot of ways. it's it's and we know that we, from all your appearances on my other podcast, we know that you love alienating shit. You got it, baby. <laughs> um, 
yeah, this is a uh, we got a lot uh, more to cover. So are you, are you yeah. cool to move on to the next one? Let's move on. This one's quick. Also, <laughs> this one's very quick. This is called simply titled Friends. Yep. Uh, this is the beginning of the Friends theme song ended with down uh, with the sickness. The wow. This is another thing I can't do. <laughs> Perfectly lined up with the claps. And you don't it's need just more. a funny joke. It is. Um, it the the song before it ends with the word friends from like a news bite, and so once this plays, you think, okay, let's settle in and see what he's gonna do here. It's ten seconds long. He does the joke and then moves on to an equally funny song that's four minutes long. Um, but yeah, friends is just one of the funniest things ever. Not the show. <laughs> friends is one of Friends is one of the funniest things oh, ever. No. I would agree. It's like my favorite show. I'm gonna pivot here, Noah. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Pivot, pivot, pivot Rocky. <laughs> I did. I <laughs> I did grow up watching Friends, so I do have a soft spot for it, even though it is imperfect and does not hold up to the test of time, and has a lot of cultural weird things about it. And I understand people say Friends is not funny. That's fair. I completely get it. Let's move on. Let's move on. Great <laughs> to uh, a really Im- impressive yeah. song. True. Totally awesome. Yeah. This, this is a great this song, song is t- simply titled "Best," and mm-hmm. we have, of course. Best of You by the Foo Fighters. Uh, Best Song Ever by One Direction. More Bounce to the Ounce by Zap. The Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego uh, little (laughs) jingle and Rockin' Morning by Rockapella. The Best by Tina Turner. Mm -hmm. You're the Best from the Karate Kid soundtrack by Joe Joe Esposito. The Pokemon theme song. The Tailspin theme song. And the Folgers, excuse me, Folgers Coffee Jingle. Wow. Yep. Well, also by Rockapella, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I believe so, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, a more clear-cut game here than uh, Annoyed Grunt, probably. Um, this one, obviously, it's all songs that have the word best in them all up against each other. And they he uses all the instrumentals very well, except for the Best of You instrumental, which is fun and good, but abrasive and hard rock. Um, yep. But he just uses these very bumping 80s, 90s jingles-style instrumentals from all these songs, and then props up all the lyrics against each other, just kind of battling and talking to each other and all with different rhythms it's really really fun to listen to and it's ridiculous and dumb obviously but again he kind of glues them all together in a very colorful and consistent way that makes it a great song on its own um and there's a lot of really funny beats and directions here like when (laughs) the Folgers um like jingle has a pitch shift and the music kind of stops for a second and just sounds like he's scared or something um and also when Dave Grohl's screaming is just kind of extended with no like yeah (laughs) with no like you know ledge to land on or anything like that um it's there's a lot of very funny things in it but yeah it's just a very well made and crafted little song that's simultaneously funny and very very fun well i like what you keep saying about like the game of the song and it is nice when the game is very obvious because it's like Mm -hmm. oh Maybe you you kind of get to play detective a little bit along with the song where yeah. it's like oh what would what real what might come next oh well he could do best song ever you know by One Direction and then totally. you hear it and you're like oh that makes so much sense it's very fun as a listener to know mm-hmm. what the game is immediately or as soon as you can exactly this that's why I think this might be one of the first ones I would show anybody because it is. A very clear-cut experience, um, even though it shows you the absurdity of his work. Um, totally. It's the same kind of thing as Annoyed Grunt, but Annoyed Grunt is all about annoying you and making you feel like you're going crazy and throwing totally. you something that you do not expect and is, like, of course, also very stupid. But, yeah, this one is kind of like a celebration of certain songs um, in a way, even though they are all kind of dumb and goofy in their own right. Uh, 
And yeah, Dave Grohl just sounds very funny in this song. He makes him sound like a like a goof. I think Dave Grohl is cool. I don't Dave, know if that makes me lame totally. to say, nah. but I think Dave Grohl's cool. I think I that did. he would be an awesome person to have a drink with. I think you're right. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, he's he's very cool for his inclusions with bands like Tenacious D, Queens of the Stone Age, and Nirvana. Uh, obviously, um, I think he's an amazing drummer. I love his drumming on Tenacious D and um, Queens of the Stone well, that's, Age. That's the but, thing is, I think a lot of people don't know that he was a drummer. Like he yeah. was the drummer of Nirvana, and then yeah. he became you know went on to you know, front the, the Foo Fires and everything. Have you ever heard them, Crooked Vultures? Are you familiar with them? I'm familiar. I, I'm not a listener, but I'm familiar. Yeah. I, I knew they that have, he was kind of, yeah. It was, he was kind of the guy in that. They have one song called New Fang, which sounds like pretty cool. But like, yeah. other than that, that was like at a weird time where they were like, I don't know if that was technically like a super group or anything. Um, it sounds like it kind of. Um, there was one with Sammy Hagar and some other guys called Chicken Foot. Do you remember Chicken Foot? I remember Foot? that. I deeply remember that because I listened to morning radio when I would go to school and they were talking about chicken foot. Of course. Buckethead, Bucketheads and chicken foot, if I, remember, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't say. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But, but yeah, super, super groups are funny. May we, may we move on, my friend? Absolutely, please. Oh yeah, and the song ends with the Pokemon theme song coming in and you hear the original vocals and it says, I want to be the very, and then they kick in one more Dave Grohl, best! And then that, that is transitions. Nice. Yeah, and then it transitions into the song Pokemon, which is another song that I would probably show to people because it is um, kind of a comedy audio documentary in a way. That it's, it's it's that's exactly right. It is. It feels like the part in the Pokemon documentary when things yeah. are kind of going wrong for Pokemon as a brand. When it's like, uh oh, this is out of our hands and we can't do anything about it. It's now exactly. in the culture and it's feeding on this thing that we can't pull back anymore. It just exists in the zeitgeist. And now politicians are quoting the Pokemon <laughs> movie in their in their speeches. And now, po- and now politicians are they can't get their hands on a Pikachu and they're pissed. <laughs> they're pissed off. They're pissed. Never mind. I was going to say something. <laughs> yeah, I know where you were going with that one, buddy, and we'd be here for years if we, if we played that you, game. Yeah, thanks for saying that in the group chat earlier. It was, you inspired me. Um, anyway. The, the, the song is comprised of a news report from 1999 that was on MSNBC called Pokemania and features <laughs> I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 yep. as well as the score of The Lion King from Hans Zimmer and a track called To Die For. That is what wow. I was told. I could not tell you specifically where that Hans Zimmer it part is. might lead into the next song, which is um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight plus um, uh, Sexual Healing, I think. Uh, oh, so it, it might be the tail end transition, which one of the weaker songs in my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that might be near the end there because it is mostly the I Want You Back uh, instrumental by the Jackson 5. Yes, yeah, and um, all these news reports and this hilarious, terrible preacher who was pretty popular on Vine as an old piece of footage. He was the guy who goes, why, 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 why? Oh, yes. Yeah, and he's, he says a lot about Pokemon being demons. And he says, you can put them in your pocket, which is a very funny Well, that's the thing. He was wrong. Right. They're not demons. They're monsters. No, they're, they're pocket mo- monsters. Pocket monsters. Mon. This is where, where it comes from. But yeah, it is. where it comes a, from. That's where it comes from. It's a very funny look at something that kind of sounds ridiculous and was a big part of all of our lives and just how the news and culture tried to grapple with it. 
Um, there was a literal mania with it where, yeah, like they talk about how kids were selling black market Pokemon cards on school, yep. school grounds and stuff like that. You know, it became a weird economy and I'm sure did some terrible things happened out of that. And you just get a little glimpse of all that stuff from these news reporters who are sounding super serious about Pokemon, something very fun. My last guest that I talked to, uh, we talked we talked about video games uh, with him. Oh, great. Yeah. And Pokemon came up for a little bit. And I wanted mm-hmm. to know if you had a phase where you were a Pokemaster. I was into it. I had cards. I played the the Game Boy Advance games. I never played past like red, blue, or or yellow. I think I so fell you were, off at that point. Stuck to the basics then. Stuck to the basics. I played that. Played that. I played blue occasionally in college. Um, when my friend would play blue on an emulator while uh, while we were in uh, symbolic logic class, and then he would just cheat off me for the homework and, and tests. Shout out! Shout <laughs> what a great out, friend. Shout outs to Tom. I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Big shots fired on the Tom. fucking pod. I, I love Tom. He's the best. That was, that was some of my, the most fun times of my life, I guess, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway. Those are some of the most fun times of my life, I guess. I, getting, I don't really I, give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't fucking care anymore. No, the, but this, this, is, this really does feel like you can, it's almost like you can envision po- the song. Like you can yeah. envision the the part in the documentary where we're cutting from, you know, the MSNBC report and then the CBS report of Dan Rather going, I don't understand Pokemon, you know, yeah. like you can see it. It's, it's totally. visual. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, it, you get a sense and you just remember visually how all these news reports looked and look today to you, you know, like it, it, it creates such a vivid image for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a very simple, um, deceptively simple song. And I think it's funny. And then at the end, he just has all the sound bites of Pokemon lined up next to each other as if it's this kind of chorus line. It's, it's really funny to listen to. Yeah. Well, speaking um, of being deceptively simple, this next track yeah. is almost like the opposite where it's deceptively complex almost yeah it's not quite as complex upon like a second or third listen but when you hear it for the first time it's really impressive i don't know if i personally like it like i don't know if i would go back to it as much but you can't knock just how impressive uh the starting line is which is the next track on there which is another one where you take all these different songs primarily absolutely story of a girl by nine days but i got all of them here for you are you ready you got, you got the distance by cake can i name i'm gonna try and name as many as i can off the top of my head okay um yep. you, got, you got um and she was by the talking heads yes that's three uh great uh story of a girl it's been one week so we got uh bare naked ladies one week yep yep um the world yeah so you got um uh bullet with butterfly wings by smashing pumpkins yep um do you have road to nowhere by talking heads yes also? Great. you do love that yes. yeah wow I okay that. keep going here i love that song um and then i think that might be as far as i can go just remembering off the top of my head dude that's really good there are a lot more, but that is like <laughs> there. That was really good. Like I could not do that if I like if I was had to do that. That's impressive. Thank you for that. I probably so, enjoy Neil so much because my brain probably was molded and similarly to him, and so <laughs> that's uh, that's fair. Not you guys have, as smart you guys, as him or anything. You guys have the same circuitry that's backfiring back there. Probably. Um, yeah, it's like oh, my brain's broken in this particular way, and I gotta enjoy it sometimes. So here's what we got. Everything. You ready for this rock? And She Was, and The Road to Nowhere by Talking Heads, which you got. You got both of them. Cool. Hey Ya by Outkast. Oh, of course. Yeah. The Distance by Cake, which you got. Love it. Bullet with Butterfly Wings, which we'll definitely talk about later, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. 
which you got Wooly Bully by Sam and the Sham and the Pharaohs, which okay. I don't know if I could tell you where that one is, but that's what it was said on uh, whosampled.com, so I got to believe it. Sure. Kiss by Prince, which is a great little yeah. there. Kung Fu Fighting <laughs> yeah, the, by the, Carl the, Douglas. The eh, that I think is from that, right? I think so. I think that, yeah, it, yeah definitely. De- it definitely is. Cool. cool, um, cool. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Classic. Um, cool. Yep, cool. absolutely. Story of a Girl. This is How We Do It by Montel Jordan, of course. Yes, yeah. And also, yeah, Kung Fu Fighting was very clear. I remember that. That's so good. Go on. I Feel Good by James Brown. Best of You by Foo Fighters. One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. Everybody Dance Now by CNC Music Factory. All Star, of course. And You Can't <sighs> Touch This by MC Hammer. Wow. Just yeah. even thinking about having to manage all those songs yeah. is monument. It's Herculean. It is, yeah. Just because he is really only taking a five-second most long uh, sample from each song. And so he has this very simple drum and bass synth kind of like, you know, track going on. And then just kind of has to hit them all rhythmically and kind of line them up together because they do have certain flourishes to them that are rhythmic, you know, like some are just kind of like blasts of noise. Other ones are certain lines set in a certain rhythm and a kind of cadence like the world is a vampire. So it kind of all of a sudden (laughs) becomes this very funny um, orchestration in a way like where everything's kind of like you know uh, synchronizing and uh, syncopating themselves over and into each other in a way and he kind of like lines them all up within tempo it's very well done not much else to say here in my opinion it's just it's very funny it's very expertly made and it's just a great concept and by the end of it you're like I enjoyed like kind like dancing to it a little bit and listening to it but yeah it's just an example of how cleverly he looks at music again it, that opinion. as well as it is kind of its own little love song in a way they sure. do kind of take the parts from all of these other songs specifically you know most notably story of a girl by nine yeah. nine nine days and you know transforms it and mutates it with all these other songs into a brand new love song in a way this is an amazing point that I am so stupid for not even thinking about. Um, no. I know. I'm not dumb. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wouldn't uh, say that. Yeah, I'm actually pretty smart. Thank you very much. Um, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm being ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Because it is just a funny look at all these songs in particular that are about relationships. And like yep. they're kind of like, like love rock songs. Um, and it is funny to kind of like see how a lot of them started – with lyrics right off the bat that are about relationships or about the girls in them because they're all by whiny white men for the most part. Yes, um, chef. Except for some of the you know more funk-based old school songs that are used throughout it. Um, so yeah, outside of the literalism of like these are all the opening lines of each song, it is funny to kind of see the similarities that accidentally form a narrative there in a way. That's, that's a really awesome observation. Thank you, Chef. And like, you know, like you said, there isn't a ton more to talk about because it like is a pretty straightforward uh, premise once you sort of get past the complexities of how it's all put together. Um, Are you good to move on? Absolutely. Yeah. Next, we've got it's a good one. We got dough. Uh, I think this one's great. It's it's a shorter one. Um, I, I, I think this one. 
is just really good. <laughs> um, that's what, I don't <laughs> okay. know what I was worried this whole pod. That's what I thought this uh, podcast was going to be. I was like, oh, no, what if I'm just saying this one's also very good? <laughs> but, I mean, I have some notes here also. It's a Spitfire masterpiece in the vein of Annoyed Grunts. It is kind of Whoa. another collage of insane noises from pop culture and stuff. And then it kind of uh, it, it sends up Ants Marching by Dave Matthews Band in a way yes. that makes makes fun of it. And also gives it a lot of credit uh, rhythmically and melodically. That's um, the best when something is able to lampoon, but at the same time show a little bit of affection for whatever you're lampooning. Definitely, yeah. I think Lady Bird does the same thing with the Dave Matthews Band with a different song. Totally, but, uh, totally. But in the same vein, exactly right, yeah. Um, where it, <laughs> it, No, it actually layers on with the opening saxophone blasts of Ant, Ants Marching. Uh, Doe from Homer Simpson. Yep. <laughs> from The Simpsons. And you then, also have uh, uh, yeah, the ahead. Doug theme song in there as well, yes, which is yeah. awesome. You can barely hear that in the uh, in the back. And Doug, although it's not a good show, it's a show I always think about as like this was something that is very special. Bro, you're roasting Doug right now. You're, <laughs> it's you're out not here fucking good. dunking on Doug, <laughs> dude. I, I listen. I know Doug gets it enough from Roger, so I should probably leave him alone. But <laughs> come it's on, good. man. Skeeter, yeah, Skeeter, Patty Mayonnaise. I don't remember one of the best character names ever. Patty Mayonnaise. I I don't remember who said it, but I and I might be in trouble for saying it. But someone was saying maybe it was Jamel Johnson on the Abbott Still podcast. I can't remember, but someone was saying, "Oh, dude, the reason why Doug was so awesome is because oh, you know what it was? (laughs) I know, I know, I know what it was now. I know 100 percent where I heard this. But someone it was a YouTube video, and someone they were like drafting cartoon characters." And someone okay. was like, Skeeter was on the board, and the other kid who was younger than the other guy who was talking about Skeeter was like, I don't know who that is. And he's like, oh, dude, you never watched Doug? Doug was the <laughs> shit. And the other guy was like, no, I've never even heard of Doug. And he was like, oh, man, you got to check it out. Skeeter, the reason why Skeeter was the coolest character is, you know, he's blue and shit, but he's secretly the black character. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. That I thought that so was so good. good. That's very funny and true. <laughs> um, wow, I you love also that. have um, you also have Austin Powers saying, "Yeah, baby," once again. <laughs> uh, once in a lifetime also- by the Talking Heads. What's up? Yeah. Um, the, the yeah babies slowly degrade as they're used. Yes. It starts as a pretty decently sounding yeah baby, and then just yeah, baby. And I think <laughs> it, it's amazing what he does to that that, that sample. Um, Doug and Once in a Lifetime up against each other, kind of like if uh, they didn't line up as much as I thought they did in the song when I listened to it again. But just kind of handing off from Doug to Once in a Lifetime, there's a weird cultural balance there that i find very beautiful i think because doug also loves the talking heads they do that song in doug that is very much talking heads inspired um uh, i I don't know i I love that handoff so much it feels very formally perfect to me but also there is (laughs) um is sir mix a lot in this song or yeah great cool (laughs) um god what else happens in this dumb song (laughs) i mean you pretty much nailed it i think it's it's a uh it's a bunch of just, oh, and now we're going to do this. Oh, and now we're yeah. going to do this. And it's fun. You know, it's very much led by the Homer saying doe uh, yeah. to uh, Ants Marching. And if you yeah. like Ants Marching and you like some of these, you know, 90s centric sounds, this is going to sure. be right up your alley. 
Yeah, and I think they use some of the cooler parts of Ants Marching by the End where the drums are really bouncing and jumping and you hear the saxophone solo and stuff. It's it, it's a good tribute to that song, which I think, like, I was... It, it kind of re-influenced the way I thought about that song um, by the time, you know, you finish it. And then it ends with a, a, a loose Talking Heads vocal sample <laughs> just into the ether out of nowhere um, yes. that I think is very funny. Um, yeah, it's a cool little song. Speaking of paying homage, uh, yes. the next track that you had Here we on there go. is this paying is where homage, it's at is paying homage to one of the biggest flops of all time uh, in the song "Wow Wow," where they really take it to Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Yeah, um, there uh, Neil's done two Will Smith remixes, both amazing. Could not pick between the two. Really, really hard for me to do. I knew I had to talk about one of them. Uh, so I picked this one because it's, I think it's a little more subtle in how it's funny. Um, <laughs> if that's a way you can. I was just going to say, I don't think anything is, and this guy is like subtle, but yeah, subtle do, do tell. In the slightest. Uh, first of all, this song opens with a very dumb joke, which is uh, he uses the sum from All Star by Smash Mouth, and then yeah. immediately switches that into the Joker by, <laughs> uh, by C. Miller Band. Yeah, so it's, so it's some people call me the Space Cowboy. It's and awesome. Then he, he, then he slowly turns the baseline of the Joker into a like kind of like an like a, a build up like a da 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 dum, and then we slowly crescendo into a bouncier more electronics based version of the wild wild west song by will smith and he has done a lot to the instrumental where it's a lot of like you know very bouncy bass and drums uh like rides the the melodic scale up and down with the the synth a lot of the time throughout it and we just start seeing uh neil will uh messing around with will smith's rapping which is really ridiculous from the 90s stuff a lot of wicked wicked a lot of you know really weird annoyed grunt style noises and he just starts blending them together to sound like pure nonsense and that's i think the heart of this song until the chorus which uh includes a very 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 funny sound effect it's the cartoon sproing sound effect (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the cartoon sproing sound effect and then you also have a little bit of cowboy by kid rock in there i don't know if you caught that Loose. Um, I did not hear that at all. Yeah, with the parts when they go cowboy. That's cowboy <laughs> by Kid Rock. Which wow. say what you will about Kid Rock. Say what you will even about most of Kid Rock's music. I like Kid yeah. Cowboy by Kid Rock. I think that's a fun song. Sure. I. I. You know. I. I trust you, and I love you, and I believe in you. <laughs> I trust you, and I love you, and you're fired from this show <laughs> because no one is allowed to have that opinion. But this one. This one is like. I think probably the one that for me grew on me the most and I like it quite a bit Mm -hmm. because I think it is sneaky in how he plays around with Will's rapping and the like backbeat of Wild Wild West. Totally. Yeah. Um, Instrumentally, he does an amazing job here turning in like some original work to make the song work. Um, But yeah, I guess that's what I mean by subtle. I mean, like if you like Will Smith's cadence is pretty goofy and easy to make fun of, but yeah. there you it's obvious that there's a confidence to it because he's done it for so long and he knows how to inject his style into whatever work he does. So for uh, Neil to get that as a palette almost is almost like asking for trouble. Like if he applied all of Will's weird mannerisms like woo and wow wows and whatnot to a yeah. Casio and then really just kind of got to make them all sound ridiculous in like rhythmic uh, kind of like down like dancey ways um you get this and it's very ridiculous and fun to hear him like i 
I would love to hear Will Smith react to this song because I think it is funny and it, it's like kind of a parody, but it's just a genuinely cool, dancey song. Like it's an, it's like busting, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. awesome. Pitch that um, to GQ. Will Smith reacts to Wow Wow by Neil Cesariga. My my uh, note here is Will Smith should do a reaction video on his dumb YouTube account. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Fuck that YouTube account, you yeah, fucking yo, idiot. Fuck Will Smith and his YouTube account. Although Gemini Man was dope, though. Thank you, Will. Uh, bless up in the chat to Will. Can we move on? We have two more to get through, hey, Rocky. I'm sorry. Can we push through? No, you can't. <laughs> Okay, well, we're done, guys. Thanks so yeah, much. Thanks so much. It was so cool. So cool. There was a YouTube account here, uh, a YouTube comment in this uh, in this video. Um, yes. Reasons I love Will. The Ha at 208 is sampled from The Kids by Jamiroquai. Um, oh. Yeah. Jamiroquai also has a song called Space Cowboy, maybe a reference to the beginning of the song. So that's maybe a very strange meta choice. Someone probably just has a weird brain like I do and just made a lot of different connections here. I just like Jamiroquai and his hat. So that's all Dude, I wanted to say. Best hat of the 90s. A uh, little story about Jamiroquai. Uh, whenever, uh, I cannot remember for the life of me what song it was, but whenever a certain song would come on that wasn't Jamiroquai, my dad would always go, yeah, yeah, good pick. This is a great Jamiroquai. Oh, you know what it is? You know what song it is? He would always say that uh, you get what you give by the new radicals was Jamiroquai. <laughs> And at first, it was probably a joke. Like, at first, he was probably like, yeah. oh, this is Jamiroquai. But then it just became a meme between me and him. And yeah. I'm like, wow, I actually hope you stop, please. <laughs> like, it was, like, just brutal. <laughs> That's very funny. Jamiroquai is an easily, me- easily memeable name, but they make legitimately great music and music videos. And there's also an Akewood panel that has a book called Are You There, God? It's Me, Jamiroquai. And that's very Oh, funny that's really me. good. I love that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, let's move on Moving on to, on to uh, our penultimate one yeah we have mullet with butterfly wings which of course is a play on bullet with butterfly wings by smashing pumpkins which is one of the two only two featured tracks on this this one is just pure like intelligence of knowing that this would work and knowing that he would find a way to make this one work (laughs) because it's bullet with butterfly wings by smashing pumpkins and working for the weekend by Loverboy, and it's a little bit of a switch right in the middle yeah, credit where credit's due. I think he knew that the vocals of Bullet with Butterfly Wings over the Loverboy song was funnier and like would yes. last longer. Like I think the initial punch of like the world is a vampire, then you hear the drums, and then the song all of a sudden speeds up so much faster than you anticipated from the Smashing Pumpkin yeah. song. Um, I think he knew that that was funny enough that it lingers into the chorus, which is also very funny because Billy Corgan's vocals are pitched upward by a thousand, basically. Yeah, and then it, it keeps on being kind of funny until he switches the song up, and then the next part maybe is. As amusing, but maybe not as funny throughout the rest of the of the track, other than the fact that, like, the Loverboy vocals by themselves with no drums is kind of hilarious. But, uh, yeah, it's just a great uh, realization that these two songs stupidly line up together. 100%. I mean, whoever would think that, you know, whoever would think to put that together, Neil Cesariga is yeah. the answer. Exactly. Um, I weirdly wrote a lot of notes on this one. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to say, like, what else is there to say? What else is there to say? Um, uh, there's a fucking synth in the second and second chorus. Um, the ending is kind of hilarious and scary. Maybe too long also, to be honest. LMAO. Mm. Great. So we're moving on. Great. Now, this is the last track on the playlist and one that I'm very glad you included because I do genuinely think this might be one of yeah. his best. Like, Ever. Like, I think sure. that just yeah. the way that he's able to 
make this one work. Uh, yikes. Getting a really funny text from Dad right now. Haha, <laughs> shut up, Dad. Uh, um, pretty funny. Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, it's what he's saying. <laughs> um, the the song <laughs> Wonderwall, which is Wonderwall without all the vowels uh, in there, yeah. which is uh, Wonderwall by Oasis, the Full House theme music, and We Didn't Start the Fire <laughs> by Billy Joel. I mean, yeah. how the that's hell from, do you even get there? I think that's the transition from Space Monkey Mafia, which is beforehand. Um, but otherwise, maybe it's in there somewhere again, too. Who, who can who can ever be sure? But yeah, Wonder Wonderwall is very, very... Uh, funny purely on the fact that the guitar riff is not manipulated in the slightest it almost is the only consistent thing throughout the song and then he just really dances around with the vocals from wonderwall he just like twists it and turns it upside down and breaks it in half makes it go backwards and just makes it sound as ridiculous as possible but keeps the song pushing forward anyway which 100 the, the entertainment value for it, honestly. Uh, like, the second chorus is <laughs> is all backwards uh, versions of the vocals, and then at the end it still says, About You Now, which is pretty fucking funny to me. Um, and uh, I also love the first chorus, which is this weird kind of synth breakdown where you hear the um, sustain of, I say, maybe go on longer than it should and then slowly dip down in pitch until totally. another line comes on and then pitches down with it and harmonizes. It's, it's really a cool piece of musical engineering and songwriting there by Neil. He's, um, he's really, and this is, this is really showing off his ability to do so much with one song that, for all intents and purposes, is pretty basic and straightforward and has become memed, totally. you know, over exactly. time. Uh, my favorite moment in the song comes at two minutes and 15 seconds when the full house music kicks in over would like to say to you, it's yep. kind of a ball dropping moment. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty hilarious. And also there's an audience applause that kicks in as if everyone's <laughs> been waiting for it to happen again. <laughs> like it's just like, he did it again. It's, it's the best. I love the audience applause and the, <laughs> the kicking in of the full house theme song again. It's just so funny. It, whether it's from my sequencing or from his actual album sequencing, I mean, like, just it, what more can you ask for when you repeat a joke um, so structurally sound <laughs> that it, it you just have to apl- uh, applaud it. It's just like, that is so fucking funny that I have to clap for how he's closing out this track. It's a great point about that because it, it's it's one of those things where the joke could easily become beaten to death you know like it could be one of those things where it's like i don't want to hear this ever again like this isn't funny but he finds either a way to break it past the point of it being a being being a beating of a dead horse yeah or he just finds a way to use it so sparingly and in the right moments that it works every time you hear it it is pretty like smart and yeah. pretty genius on his end. Totally. It's a little bit of both. And it, it's an, a very well-done callback by the time that you've gone through the first album. Um, especially because of how annoying it is in the first album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, that's the end of my playlist of Neil Cesariga songs, even though there's so many more songs that are amazing and hilarious to talk about. 100%. That's that's what I was going to say. I was going to say this is this is just the tip of the iceberg yeah. as far as this guy goes. You know, yeah. he's got, like I said, there are there were five or six or seven songs that I named right before we jumped into the playlist that like we couldn't even make room for just because of pure time restrictions. So check out this playlist, you know, that Rocky uh, put together. I'll find a way to make it available, whether it's in the show notes or whatever, you know, take, you know, I would actually highly recommend you listen along with us. You know, I would say, you know, listen to the song, then listen to what we have to say about each song. I think that would be a very, 
a fun way to listen to these either for the first time or for the first time hearing a commentary basically on the songs. Exactly. And I, I hope that it, you find that it's more than just me saying, and I think that's pretty funny, even though I do say that a lot <laughs> in this episode. It just is. I don't know what to say. It's sometimes something is just so absurd and it's like beyond the words that could describe how it is funny. Um, and that's just a testament to Neil's uh, work ethic and his sense of humor and his ridiculous brain. Uh, and I was glad to talk about him with you, Noah. Yeah, Rocky. Well, thank you very much for bringing yourself and these songs onto the pod. I really, again, I means the world to me that you're here. Do you have anything that you want to plug before you say goodbye? Sure. When's this going to be up, you think? Ha-ha. It's okay if you don't know. 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 Okay if you don't know. Um, every Sunday, uh, we do a Twitch interactive comedy show uh, called Everything Now. It's me, Alex Alsup, from uh, BuzzFeed, if you're familiar, or if you're a Chapman friend like us. Um, he's <laughs> we were, I was on Improv Inc. with him, as well as everyone else on the team. Uh, Chris Chalakian, Jake Ellen Bogan, Sydney Adams, who you might know as Prostitute from Vine. We put on a show every Sunday. Used to be every Sunday and Wednesday until COVID. So we're hoping that we can do something again very soon on Wednesdays. We also do D&D. But yeah, every Sunday, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Check us out. Come join the chat. Play along with the show. It is yours to manipulate and to make ridiculous. Um, as well, I have a podcast coming out eventually with Will Levenger called Funny Man Sad. It's about um, indie dramedies. And uh, other than that, can't think of anything else to plug, really. Uh, yeah, uh, listen to my episodes of uh, It's on the List. I was also... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was also on the Adult Swim podcast at the Deep End, talking about Moral Oral. Check that out. I'm pretty happy Oh, you were? That. Is that episode out? It's Yeah, there's two episodes. We talked about the first okay. season and then seasons two through the ending of the show. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Well... Can people listen to that wherever podcasts are made available? Pretty much. While you're a pro. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Not even close. Um, Well, folks, that's it. We did it. We got through another episode. And we barely, you know, we got out alive. Barely, but we got out alive. Thank you so much for listening to my favorite podcast. If you want to follow the show, Uh you can do that. We have an Instagram now at my favorite pod. I want to say, or um, at my favorite underscore podcast, I believe actually. Yeah. Instagram is at my favorite underscore podcast. And then Twitter is at my favorite pod. You can follow us there. And uh, you can also check out YLG stuff as well if you want to check you out YLG. You should. It's very, very funny. It's great. You should do that. Ha-ha. I don't know when yeah. we're ever going to release something again, Fed. <laughs> so uh, oh. <laughs> so okay. trying to figure that out. But cool. uh, if you I'm enjoyed also, this, I'm yeah, what? I'm, I'm the Lawn Wrangler on Instagram, and I'm Rocky Pajarito on Twitter. I forgot to say those two things. I'm so sorry. Never interrupt me on my show ever again, especially during plugs, which is the only part of the show I enjoy. (laughs) So uh, so, uh, that was it. You made it through. Thank you for sticking with us. Like I said, I'm Noah Marger. Rocky, thank you for being here. See you guys next week. Bye.